nothing was planned. You know, we weren't set up in any way for bringing a child home or what my ideal world was for, for that scenario. No matter what kind of pregnancy you have, once you hold that baby, everything is worth it. And again, we're episode three and I'm already like about to cry. Hey, beautiful friends, Faith here, and you're listening to my podcast, Redefine Beautiful. Throughout each episode, I hope you find yourself inspired to learn from your past, tackle your fitness journey on a deeper level, and most importantly, redefine what we've been told is the definition of beauty for so many years. Together, we are going to address the mindset of fitness and discover the beauty that is in each and every one of us. So let's dive in. So what's going on, Faith? What you got me up so late doing a podcast for? What are we doing? Uh, you know, sometimes the day just kind of gets away from you, so 9.30 seemed like a fitting time. For sure. Um, it's like when we get the kids to bed, so. Exactly, exactly. So we definitely don't want them running around while we're recording. So today we're going to dive into my pregnancy story, postpartum, and everything kind of in between that. For sure, for sure. Because we've talked about a little bit about our story, but, you know, there's some things we definitely haven't dug into. So we have two girls and two very different pregnancies. They couldn't be more different, but both special in their own way. So I'm excited to kind of break that down and just kind of talk about the difference between the two, how I dealt with the two different situations. And there's some overlap where there was some times where things kind of were the same, but for the majority... Very different, very, very different. Two different pregnancies, two very different children, so (laughs) it makes sense. That couldn't be more true. Yeah, I mean, I think different is a good summary of everything because definitely in terms of where we were at and, you know, just everything about us was different at the time and something we're certainly going to dig into more on this podcast, but... And it's not going to be able to hide behind the scenes too much on this (laughs) one. Yeah, I was about to say, this one I might be in the spotlight for, so... (laughs) Yeah, no, it'll be good, though. Um, But yeah, so our kids are six and a half years apart. Um, So not only is the time very different, different ages, different uh, financial standing, marital status, all those things. So (laughs) we laugh about it now. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about what you've been working on. What What's going on? What's got you thinking about pregnancy? Yeah, so again, you know, I mentioned how different both pregnancies were, and a lot of it had to do with just not having the resources to kind of guide me through my pregnancy and postpartum, what was safe, what wasn't safe. And I really am just really passionate about getting women to that point. I want to carry them all throughout their pregnancy and postpartum. So we actually just finished up my pregnancy program. So that is up and running. So if you need some guidance, it's there for you. I'll pop the link in the description below. And yeah, I'm ready to dive in. You're working hard on it. I mean, I think you recorded, I don't know how many exercise videos, but it was a lot. (laughs) That's always fun though. It's, It's fun because when you see it all come together, I'm like, yeah, I did that. For sure. It's because she, <laughs> she's not editing them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know which is more time consuming, but. I don't know. At least you get a good workout when you're doing yeah. that stuff. So. Yeah, you best believe I pop on that Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm doing a general workout. It's probably like, what is she doing right now? I know. She's like, <laughs> starting, it's stopping, starting, like, stopping. ma'am, are you okay? Yeah. I think she's having a heart attack. <laughs> All right, so Faith, why don't you catch everybody up to kind of where we're at in our story? Because, you know, some people probably heard the first podcast. They know a little bit about us. You know, we we started dating when we were in college. So why don't you just kind of catch everybody up? Where are we at? You know, what's going on? All right, so what we're going to do is I want to dive into my first pregnancy. And we'll obviously need to take that back a little bit, just kind of, again, just to recap our story. If you haven't heard it, go ahead and hop back and listen to episode one or catch that later. But just a little recap, we started dating in college. And shortly after that, we did find out we were pregnant. That obviously wasn't our plan. I was a senior in college. And Evan, you were a junior. So that was definitely... Not in the plans. Not 100% of the plans. (laughs) I I will say. say (laughs) Sorry, sorry, mom. (laughs) (laughs) No, but um, it was definitely one of those times where it was like I, I'm not really sure what to do. But no matter what happens, we were we were going to figure it out. So I told Evan, you know, no matter what, because we were friends before this, no matter what happens, like 
this is our baby and we're, we're going to make it work. And yeah, it definitely turns your, your world upside down. It does. You know, we were obviously not living together. I was living with a group of guys and, you know, we were not in the most solid position definitely in terms of work or anything. Definitely not a place to bring your baby home to. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, for everybody that's listening, we were living in, in Columbia, South Carolina, kind of in the more uh, university sections of neighborhoods and can't even call it a neighborhood, really. I mean, I was I was living in what is basically like party central. Yeah, yeah. we got you out of there. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when I found out I was pregnant, I was by far the only person I knew that was pregnant. None of my friends had kids really at that point and stuff. So it definitely was a very lonely time for me, and even for you. You know, you had to move out from living with your friends. You had a whole nother. Um, not only a year left of undergrad, but For then sure. you had, you went and got your master's. So that was also some extended schooling. And well, and you know, I, I just remember like finding, you know, that out and everything. And at that point I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm gonna have to drop out of college. I'm going to have to like basically shift everything. I'm going to have to go straight to work because I'm, I'm trying lie. to provide <laughs> for, <laughs> for the family. I'm not going to lie. I was like, I will kill you if you drop out. I was like, yeah. I think that's the last thing we need right now. And well, it's funny where your mind goes at that point. You're like, like, oh man, especially I just, in I don't the know moment, you're like, I don't know what to do. So um, you're just thinking all yeah, of these things for sure. And so I was actually only a few weeks, maybe a month or so away from graduation. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew that I was like, I'm good. I'm yeah. gonna graduate. But then, then it was the hard part was thinking about well, what comes next. So for you, the main thing was it was like I wanted you to continue to go to school. I wanted you to get that good job so you could raise your family to the best of our abilities. And I like to think we're pretty smart people, so I wasn't going to let that go to waste, (laughs) okay? Yeah, I mean, I just remember finding that out. And it definitely, you know, when something like that unexpected happens, it just kind of, you know, you've got all these plans and stuff, and all of a sudden, I don't want to say a wrench. I hate to say that this is a wrench in our plans. And I mean, we thought it was at the time, but But it it certainly ended up. it was definitely the perfect plan Yeah, I think anybody can see that today. So when we ever say something like that, it's it's clear that, you know, this this was unexpected and it happened in our life. But, you know, we were pregnant with Ella. Uh, She's definitely a blessing in our lives. For sure. And I like to tell people Ella saved me because... yeah. You know, there was a lot of uncertainty in my life. Again, I was graduating, but there was still like, I didn't know Mm -hmm. if I wanted to go to law school, if I wanted to take a year off. I had a lot of like uncertain things going on. And so I do think Ella truly did save me. So she got me back on track. She definitely, it definitely helped me refocus on what was important where I needed to put my head at and things like that. So when I think a lot of people see us now and they're like, oh, y'all have always had it together, but if you There's look a at a few times we might not have it together. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. You should see our garage. Uh, okay, are you gonna bring that up in this podcast? <laughs> that, that's a, that could be a whole other episode because. All right, change oh. it real quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I have decided to redo our garage, and it's about a year-long project at this point. Roving it back in. All right. <laughs> Anywho. Um, we'll report back on that later. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully this is done by, I said football season, but I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe a podcast episode number 10 would be good. <laughs> but anywho, so maybe people think this, maybe they don't. Maybe I'm just making this assumption. But, you know, people probably see us at this point and they're like, they're, they've always had it together. And I, and the reason I say this too, is people have made this, these comments oh, to me, they've All said the like, Oh, like, Oh my gosh, I can't like, ever imagine. Everything and yeah. Was, I can't imagine you yeah. ever not having your life together. And trust me, <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> we, we, yeah, it, we all have those moments and those we garages look that, way now. that are. The garage <laughs> keeps getting thrown in here. I don't, what, can we pick something else? <laughs> I, I would, if there was something as disorganized as our garage. <laughs> But that was certainly a point, and I think both of our lives that, you know, we we were in school and stuff, but definitely not giving it our full potential. I think we were making other decisions in terms of where we applied our time going out, you know, things like that. We weren't 100% focused on school, and you were at the end of your school, and I got a little more time after that just to kind of see how I could apply myself. And for me, I just, I think I had motivation I had. I felt what oh, was purpose. It where, means more. You, It's yeah. not just about you now. It's about, you know, child, 
and a potential wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we were, the, we were figuring it out ring, day by day. Worry. Yeah, you, you got the <laughs> ring for sure. And, uh, you know, we were figuring it out day by day. Honestly, though, having Ella was definitely a big turning point for us, but it wasn't an easy road for us. So my pregnancy with her was really rough. I was really sick for yeah. the whole pregnancy. So... It was all around. Like, I think, you know, we were not, we were in a terrible financial position at that point. You know, things are, bills are starting to come due and I'm working. We're trying to figure this whole situation out. Yeah. So basically we find out we're pregnant. I have about a month ago of school. I do graduate. And then Evan, you had, like I said, you finished your junior year with me when I graduated. And then you had two more years. That kind of gave you that motivation to really buckle down, really apply yourself you did phenomenal, not only your senior year, your, uh, you know, getting your master's and taking your CPA exam. So you had a lot going on while we were pregnant as well as after we had her. So you were studying for your CPA license while Ella was like sitting on your knee. So there are some videos <laughs> out there and, and one specifically that pops up in my like time hop or whatever they call it now. But it's of her like I'm sitting there and I'm I've got my headphones in because I'm listening to these videos we had to listen to and everything. And Ella keeps pulling headphones out of yeah, my ears. And I love just, that video. It was a, a whole another world. But yeah, lots you know, of coffee was consumed. A lot of coffee. Yeah, that kind of <laughs> I don't remember drinking a ton of coffee before that time in my life. And I mean, I still drink a lot of coffee. So it, yeah. it kind of got jump started by that. In that situation, I had a lot more, like I said, purpose because I, I knew that I wanted to do well in school, but I just never really applied it. Yeah. And then finally, we get in that situation. You're kind of put in fight or flight. You know, Absolutely. you just, you got to make a decision. And for us, we're happy to say we did make the right decision. And things worked out. And and I know that's not always the case. And that's kind of why I wanted to share this story because they I know... Yeah. I know that there's other people out there that are either currently struggling or have struggled. Um, and it's nice to know you're not alone. It's also nice to know that there is hope. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you got to battle out those storms to really get to that rainbow. So for us, you know, I I was sick the whole pregnancy. I had something known as hypernemesis, which is severe morning sickness. So I was sick from day one all the way till the end. I even had to wear seasick bands to work just so I could get through it. And because you're trying all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I absolutely. remember that was kind of like the last, I think in the road because you had tried, right. didn't they, I so can't I remember, did they give take, you some medicine yeah, and stuff? I had to take yeah. medicine and things that like work, that. Right. It did to some degree, but I also, before I realized what was going on, I did end up in the hospital. I couldn't yeah. keep anything down. So it was pretty scary. Again, you know, this is my first time being pregnant. I don't know anyone else that's pregnant. And it, on top of that, I was working at yeah. restaurants and bars. So yeah. I remember it was super late at night, wasn't it? It was. It was. And I, I don't think my mom knew at the time. That's right. And you couldn't so share with her. So I just really her. didn't have, I kind of like at that moment, I was like, I don't know if I'm losing the baby. I was really just like, luckily I had a friend who took me to the hospital and you met me there, but it was definitely a really scary time and and just, you know, being sick that whole time was just like miserable. And for sure. I really felt alone because, you know, I'm living in a college town. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends aren't, you know, they're going out, they're doing stuff. I'm not getting invited, obviously, to things like that, because I probably shouldn't go to that. Yeah, it doesn't look the best look when you've good. got a pregnant girl at a party. No, so. so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't out doing these things and all my friends were and I and I truly was jealous. Like that's just the easiest way to put it. I was jealous of that. But I was also sick and I just felt really alone just kind of in the whole thing. I didn't really have anyone that I could just call up and be like, Hey, is this normal? Like, did you yeah. experience this with your pregnancy? Because no one I knew had experienced a pregnancy at that point. You know, at that point in time, like you had finished school. So I hadn't finished school yet. So I was basically going from school to work. So I didn't have as much time to kind of really think about like, you know, stuff like that. And and you, you were at work and everything. And then you didn't necessarily have to worry about the school aspect. So you had a lot more time to kind of sit with that. Yeah. And, and realize and that I was alone. Truly. That's, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. But, yeah. you know, I feel like because I went through that, it made me appreciate Ella even more when she actually got here because I was like, this is what I worked so hard for. This is what I, you know, the things that I went through to get to have her. And so yeah. in the end, though, no matter what kind of pregnancy you have, once you hold that baby, yeah, everything's worth it. And again, we're episode three and I'm already like about to cry. So. It's okay. Um, I think you've cried two or three times um, at this point. You know, it happens. 
Um, but that's the thing when you have kids, you're you just you just cry all the time. That's what I'm gonna call this. I will <laughs> say, yeah, yeah, because I'm. I mean, I've never been like a super sensitive guy, but I don't know if it's something like when you have daughters, but. Just, you know, there are certain things now that I was never sensitive to before, but I guess just having children, uh, it kind of changes you a little bit. Having children I don't know. change <laughs> you. Like, it's it's unreal. And obviously yeah. your hormones change for, you know, the one carrying the child, not Evan. We were but pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> he, likes, he likes to say that, and it's all fun and games. It's not. But it truly does, like, wreck your hormones. So um, a lot of things happen you know, when you have a baby and I want to go ahead and address just building your circle, surround your, yourself with people that are going to be there that are going to lift you up and whether or not they've actually ever been pregnant or just are, they're there as support. They're there for you to cry on. They're there to run and grab you snacks, you know, yeah. at all hours of the day. Um, you know, surround, make that circle of people. Cause if you try to do this alone, it's going to be a real rough road. And again, I did have some friends here and there, but I was away from home. I was in a college town. So it was hard and I did feel alone most of the time. But that's not to say that people weren't trying this. That's just to say for the majority of the time, you know, I had a lot of my friends were in school. They had jobs. So for sure. So when I was I was actually waiting tables during this time. So for me, you know, I was sleeping during the morning and then I would work like a double shift. So yeah. I didn't have a lot of time either, but I knew that I needed to save money because in the situation we were in, we were living in a tiny little townhouse and I knew yes. I didn't want this for my daughter. And, and we lived there until she was about three, actually. Yeah. And that's kind of what we moved into because before we were in the, the duplex yeah, and, and we didn't it fit. was <laughs> 600 square feet, it's maybe a, something was, like that. So we at mm-hmm. least like you know, the point when we moved into a place that we we're going to be bringing Ella home to, I think it was a thousand square feet. Yeah, but in we between, bumped it up slightly. Yeah. And we don't want to sound ungrateful because, you know, it, it was one thing where we were, yeah, we we're super happy so just to have a place. Though, yeah, it is. I look back and I'm like, you know, we made the best out of that. And it, for sure. And it truly is humbling to kind of see where we are now. But honestly, it felt like home when we were there. So I knew going into it that, you know, the end goal was to, to leave there. And, and honestly, the, the worst part wasn't the size of it. The worst part was the area where we were in. <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting spot. I mean, like the, the street we were on was okay, but it was everything some around might, some it. Some might call yeah. it sketchy, but we did live it, behind. Like we were in a duplex, so we were behind a row. So most people that came back there, they were coming back there because they lived back there. Yeah, I we're mean, definitely we never, kind of secluded. We never ran into any issues. Yeah, so. it was just one of those situations where we we hated it because, I mean, my vision of bringing a child in this world is that we wouldn't have to worry about her every time she went out, you know, the front door. Right. Um, we'd be in a good spot. And the situation we were in, I mean, obviously this was not expected. Nothing was planned. You know, we weren't set up in any way for bringing a child home or what yeah. my ideal world was for, for that scenario. So I think both of us kind of realized that whether we said it or didn't, but I think at that point, that's what kind of kicked us into high gear. And we started really working towards getting out of that and into a better scenario. For sure. And then after we had her, you know, you were in that part of studying for your CPA exam while going to get your master's <laughs> and having her kind of bouncing around at, as a newborn. Yeah. So I was actually the only one working. So, you know, yes. so that was also another hard time because, you know, I'm going through that postpartum side of things. And again, I still felt very much alone in that instance. And, you know, it was hard because I I didn't know what to do with a baby. I was like, you know, she's crying. She, I'm doing all these things. Nothing's working. And I'm like, I mean, what am I doing wrong? And there again, there was no one for me to call and be like, what did you do when this happened and stuff? Yeah. So we just went through it and learned as we went. And we finally figured out what those cries were for. And again, as I said, you learn as you go. But dealing with that postpartum, that was really hard for me. And I don't think it was something I addressed because I do feel like we, it's getting better, but we definitely live in a world where you know, we're just supposed to have it all together. Like we mentioned before, you know, a lot of people are like, how do y'all do everything? Y'all, y'all just always seem to have it together. And it's like, we, we've come a long way 
to look like we have it all together. We were at, I think, the lowest point that you could possibly be at in terms of financial situation that has a lot of impact on a family because you don't have the freedom that you could, you know, otherwise that it all you're you kind of have that constant pressure on yourself of like, you know, we we're kind of worried about groceries and all yeah. that stuff like this. We're talking like we at times maybe had a hundred dollars in our bank yeah. account. So we were definitely scraping by. And then on top of that, I mean, we were making decisions like me trying to finish up my master's and you yeah. being the sole provider. And you've always been someone to kind of get out there and hustle. And, you know, oh, yeah. you, you, you oh, did, yeah. you know, and that kind of goes back to your childhood, not to throw it back too much, but you've kind of worked from a very early yeah, age. Yeah, so, so I've definitely, I've just had that in me. Like I, and I do enjoy working. And to some degree that was like my time. Like I got out of the house and felt like I was social to some degree. So that was kind of like, was a good outlet for me, even though it was a lot, like a lot of my time was spent there and stuff, but it worked, you know, we made it work where I was home during the day with her while you were at school, like you planned all your classes. So then when you got home, I could go to work and, and we could keep the lights on. So, um, you know, every situation that kind of was like thrown at us, we found a way to kind of rebound and kind of rebuild. And, and I look where we are now. And I mentioned this before, I am so humbled every time I look back at where we started to yeah. where we are now. Yeah, because we definitely drive back by, you know, that place. Oh, my gosh, yes. I just, we'll take Ella, or even if we're nearby, Ella will be like, is this is this around where we live? And I'm like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, and the cool thing is, like, seeing it from her perspective, or at least, like, her talking about it. She I mean, she it. she in no way remembers, yeah. like, it being a bad area. I mean, you could tell her that probably, and she'd be shocked, so... It's kind of cool, though, seeing that from a child's perspective. Like, you think that, you know, oh, my gosh, like, you know, your children are probably like, oh, what is this? Like, they, they don't care. No. They honestly have never seen it. Give them a cardboard box and yeah. let them have at it. it. Like, every time, like, you know, one of the kids gets a present or something, like, they like the box more than the present. Yeah. So it's just like, it's all about perspective. And we were under a lot of pressure then, but I remember us being very happy despite, you know, all that was going on. And I think there's definitely kind of like a, you know, once we found out they were pregnant, we were, I don't, I don't want to say we weren't happy, but I mean, maybe that is the right word because your, your, your world is just kind of turned upside down from what you thought. I think your first emotions are, you just, honestly, you're confused. You're like, what, what do I, where do I go from here? What do I do next? Your, your mind's racing. You're like, I got to tell my parents, like, what are they going to think? And honestly, they were so supportive. And yeah. I think if we didn't have that, we would have been, it would have been a lot harder not having them to back us up. And I, st- I remember being so scared to tell my mom and she was just like, it's okay. Yeah. You know, we're going to get through this. And, and we did. So for sure, you know, and kind of going back to what you're talking about in terms of your, you know, mentality at the time and loneliness and all that stuff, you know, one of the big differences to, We'll talk about your your second pregnancy later, but you didn't have a good outlet for you. So a lot of times, you know, I think that has a big impact on somebody, on anybody. You know, you weren't necessarily exercising at the time. You know, maybe kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So again, you know, I did mention that I was sick the whole pregnancy. So at first I dropped a lot of weight and it wasn't until really toward the end that it just like all came at once. Yeah. Um, so I actually gained over 50 pounds with Ella at the time, you know, when I had her. So that was also hard kind of in that, that state of going from being just this average size to then gaining 50 pounds, you know, weighing more than you, that to me, like in that moment now, I don't care. But right. And I'll mention that again, when we talk about when I had Clark, because the same thing is I weighed more than you and I could care less. I was like, pass yeah. the fries, please. Yes. So, <laughs> so with Ella though, it was just like, everything was so emotionally driven and, uh, you know, anything that happened like affected me way more than it typically would have. Again, your hormones are all over the place and then just feeling alone, every little thing kind of just like got to me, you know, and, and now it's funny cause you know, I look at, when I got pregnant with Clark and how a lot of the same things would happen. And just my reaction was just totally different. Yeah, for so. sure. I don't remember, honestly, I just don't even remember you being like super emotional or anything with Clark. Maybe, yeah, maybe I was water. definitely in a better headspace yeah. um, when I had her. And again, you know, we talk about all these different factors. Like it was so different. Like 
I did feel alone. I did, you know, suffer with postpartum depression. There was a lot of things that because of outside things that were going on, it just, it kind of, it changed the way I reacted and and the way I felt overall about the things that were going on. And like you mentioned, I didn't have that outlet. I didn't have that that one thing that was really like my thing. Like if I was stressed yeah. and things like that. And like I did mention working at a restaurant, you know, that was helpful to like go and talk to people and stuff. And people would generally ask me how, you know, cause they watched like all my regulars watched me go from, you know, the start of my pregnancy to then um, I think Ella was, about five when I actually quit, fully quit the service yeah, working industry. Yeah, the restaurant, yeah. They inquired about our lives. They wanted to know how we as a family were doing. A lot of my regulars even came to our wedding. So, yeah. you know, I did have friends there, but it wasn't the same type where I'd call you up and you'd come over and for sure, for we'd sure. paint each other's nails or whatever, <laughs> whatever people do. Yeah, for, um, for anybody that doesn't know, I, I can't imagine you sitting there painting nails. Like, um, that's just not your thing. No, but. I can't recall the last time I had painted nails, but... Probably you know, the wedding. To each their own. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just not my thing. Yeah. But, you know... I mean, you work out a lot, too, so it's like you paint your nails and you just scratch them up, so... Is that what people work out? They just scratch their nails up? I, I don't know. I don't know how this works. <laughs> I, don't, I clearly don't paint my nails. I, <laughs> I really probably am not the best person to ask either, so it's fine. If you paint your nails, please don't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> please write in. Yeah. Please let us know. So, yeah. So, like, I had an outlet to some degree, but, you know, with Clark, I had a whole community behind me. So, it was very different. Yeah. And you think about, like, our average, like, age of friend at the mm-hmm. time, too. Like, it's we're talking drastically different. And you think about any pressure that you could have possibly had on you oh, was, was on coming. you at that time. Like, it was. It was full force. Yeah, because you were, you know, you had just graduated college. So that's mostly stressful for a lot of people yeah. because they, they're trying to decide what they want to do with their career. We just were not in a good financial position. You know, we're worried about how do we take care of this child and kind of balance everything else. And everything's just kind of up in the air at that point. So we, you know, we were thinking about a lot of things too. We didn't know if we were going to move. We didn't know if we were going to stay in town. Yeah. And I think also a big part, we were still a couple trying to build that relationship yeah. while having everything else, like fires literally going on around us. Well, so, and you hear all the time, this will happen and people will get pregnant and then get married because of that. And that was something yeah. we, I think, were very conscious of. That was like the first that, thing that we decided, like, that's not what we were going to do. Despite having a child, you know, we were still going to date each other more or less. Exactly. And, like, we wanted to make sure, like, I... The last thing I wanted was for us to get married, it not to work out, and then my child to feel like she had ever at any point had something to do with why it didn't work out or that was the only reason why we got married. So we made sure we were in it for the long haul. All this going on is still super happy time. For the most part, delivery went smoothly. I mean, it was was a C-section, but obviously no complications there. Yeah, I think no matter what part of life you're in, Having a C-section or even having a child in general is, you know, slightly terrifying. So You don't know what to expect for sure. You don't. You really uh, have no idea. And my doctor suggested we go ahead and plan a C-section because he was worried about the size of my pelvis saying, you know, I probably dilate to four. And then with the size of Ella that I would end up having to need that emergency C-section. And I do want to point out that I do think there are cases where doctors do kind of just push for that. So, you know, did I necessarily have to have that C-section? There's a good chance I didn't. You know, I look back at that now. I'm a a much wiser. I know to ask about all my options ahead of time. In the moment that we were in, it was actually, for us, it worked out well because both of our families could be there. For sure. That was like one moment where I really felt like there were people there for me. My friends could be there. You know, you were actually working. So there was during recovery while I was still at the hospital, you would have to go to work. You had just started a job. So it was something that we had to hold on to. So it was at least a little bit better. Yeah. I'm not working at bars at this point. I did get, you know, a solid job. Yeah. But it was like a nine to five type. Yeah. I was still like an intern at this point, but working for like a CPA firm. So you were making good money. So you made good progress. So we're we're out of bars. I'm not coming home. (laughs) at 3 a.m. anymore for and, sure. and all that. So yeah, so you know, you would go to work, but then I'd have a friend come and visit me at the hospital the whole time. So 
Yeah, because I didn't, I didn't have any time off, and no. I knew that. Yeah, so that is kind of crazy thinking back to that. I remember, yeah. like, legit, we had Ella, and then... I mean, you literally... I mean, you slept at the hospital, but then you woke up and went to work, and then saw you at five. And and it was one of those things, again, I, postpartum and just, like, just having a C-section, everything's kind of, like, fuzzy, like, yeah. as far as, like, what I recall, because it all no happens... Doubt. It all happened so fast, and I actually had a hard time with the medicine that they gave me. So I couldn't. After I had her, I couldn't even hold her. I was like, I'm going yeah. to drop her. You like, just I don't was do so, well with like pain medicine I and don't. all that stuff. And again, it was one of those things where you just don't know what to ask about. Like you don't mm-hmm. know to ask these things. And you know, with Clark, I did ask these things, and I was able to not take certain medicines that did help me kind of have a little bit more of that bonding rate out. I think that was the saddest part probably for you. Oh, it was. That, it was yeah. so because I had felt alone for so much of the pregnancy that I literally just had this baby that they took away. And when they brought her to me, I, I was like, I will drop her. I couldn't keep anything down. I would be there a minute and then I would wake up and be like, what just happened? Yeah. No, um, I remember talking to you. It and was so crazy. Like, yeah, you'd doze off. And- I would, and I just like, I just remember waking up and I'm like, I don't know what happened. And for sure. And the worst part really is the in and out at the hospital. Like when they're checking, of course, yeah, yeah. when they're checking everything, it's, it's like the second she would fall asleep, they would come in. Oh man. Um, and was there, you know, not to knock doctors or oh, nurses. Yeah, not. they're doing, they're their, doing job. their job. Yeah, for sure. For sure it was one of those sure. things, but it's also one of those things you just don't, you don't think about yeah. going into it. And then when you're in the moment and I'm just, and I'm moody and I just had this baby, it was. Well, on top of that, because we had two options when we went to the hospital. So we could either have Ella in the room with us and have a larger room, or we could have like a scenario in which. They, we had a smaller room and but she could go to the nursery. She could go to the nursery and stuff. And we were like, oh, we want to spend all the time we can with her. We didn't think about like recovering at that point. Well, we and also wanted a bigger room because your mom had come down yeah. and you were, we needed a place for you to sleep. But and she was she was in there with us the whole time. Yeah, she was in there with us the whole time. And I was like, this is a terrible decision. But <laughs> yeah. but looking back, I don't even think they have that as an option anymore. I don't, I don't think, think so. Yeah, I don't I think, think there's a nursery like that anymore. I think yeah, because with Clark, it, she was with yeah, us the whole time. She was with so. us the whole time. And people we were. Like, oh, that's what we've done for all the kids. (laughs) We were prepared. Yes. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is just there is lack of knowledge. Even if you go through the hospital tour and you can take all the Lamaze classes you want, but like nothing prepares you until you're in the situation because everyone's situation is different. Even if you have someone to talk to, what happened to them is not always going to be the same thing that happens to you. Yeah. And you hear all these, and the thing about C-sections, I feel like you hear all these like horror stories. You hear the worst of the worst, but... I actually had a very, you know, aside from getting sick and stuff, I mean, it was quick. It was, you know, mm-hmm. it was over really fast. Recovery went well for me. You know, I did take their advice as soon as I could get up and walk. I did. And I think that was like a game changer. So if you are someone who is going to have a C-section, I highly recommend as soon as you can get up and walk. Now, I don't, let's not do marathons, but like just a All little right. walk around the hospital or even your room that's going to start that blood flowing, things like that, and it's going to help your recovery. So this um, is fresh in your mind because I know you're working on your postpartum, know, yeah, yeah, program. So, so. that <laughs> and you know I've been through two. C-sections. You've been, yeah, I was about to say. So yeah. and honestly, that was like the that lady telling me that was like the best thing that could happen to me because oh, for sure. because I was able to come back a little bit quicker. I feel like so you have to be reasonable and listen to your body, and her body says it's too much, obviously, but 100%. it was so nice to just be able to push her in the little thing around the hospital and the past couple of years COVID has been a thing. So that might not be an option for everyone, but you know, just yeah. walking around your room if you can. And then it was a little lonely when I went home though, because I didn't have those people coming to visit her as much, especially as the weeks kind of go on, you have mm-hmm. less people are bringing you food, less people are stopping by to see her and less people are checking in. And I think that's no fault of anybody, you know, no one is purposely like, I'm not going to check in on you. Right. It's just like life is busy. And again, well, yeah. people are at such different points in their life. Yeah. Um, and it probably, I mean, I, I bet that even happens too. Of course, we can't really speak from experience or I guess we can with, you know, Clark, but I'm sure a lot of women feel that the weeks after having a baby and everything, because I feel like that, that happens with a lot of things in life, you know, whether it be having a baby Losing someone, you know, everybody's yeah, there in the beginning there. and then it kind of dissipates. It, like, That's probably, it. yeah, like the reality sure of, okay, now I have to do this on my own. There's no one here to help me. Like, this is my baby. I have right. to take care of her. I have to make sure she survives and get the things that she needs. 
And I did breastfeed both girls and trying to learn how to breastfeed Mm -hmm. at first was really hard. You know, I think it does, um, whoever you have help you through it. If you get the right person, you are good to go. If you get the wrong person, not as much, but I was determined again, you know, we mentioned not financially having the means to buy formula, honestly. And of course there's assistance and things like that, that you can always get, you know, I I think we knew about the health benefits. It's your body. You know, I think a lot of times the guys or the, you know, the males are supportive, but yeah, ultimately were, it's just more. You were definitely supportive yeah. and, and very encouraging. Like, right. you know, let's just get it, you know, we'll try later. And, yeah. you know, cause I was getting frustrated and, and it's hard, you know, you just, ha- just everything going on. You're like, I don't even know what to do. And after you have a C-section, you can't even get out the bed. So like, I'm like, you know, at one point Evan's like sound asleep and she's crying and I can't pick her up. And obviously I need to feed her. And I'm like, Yelling for Evan to wake up. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty hard he sleeper. He is out like a rock. But I tell you what, I called him <laughs> and his phone went off and he perked right on up. Oh, I man. could, I really could have thrown my phone at your head that in that very moment. But I'm going to come in here and it's a good thing <laughs> I'm editing this. Maybe I'm going to get some like robotic <laughs> voice and Evan was the perfect husband in the hospital. <laughs> um, no, you were, you were out. You were out. So yeah. but, I was, I was I tired mean, of that point. To be fair, yeah. I mean, obviously women go through so much when they have a baby, but there's a lot of lack of sleep going all around. So oh, yeah. I can't, you know, we laugh about it now. I mean, in the moment I was, there was no laughs going on. No, no, it was, it was fun and games after that, but yeah, yeah no. Now it, we laugh about it. But I mean, it's just such a crazy time and we come home, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's, it's starting to fade, people coming through and, and that's really when the postpartum depression hits. I personally think people can get it even before, you know, you get those baby blues and things before they even get here, especially if you feel alone. I think that really is like yeah, a big factor of what it. kind of stems it. Like you've already felt alone. Now you're alone and have to take care of a whole person. Because we weren't married, I, you know, there were certain things I wasn't sharing with you. And, and yeah, I truly Yeah, because I don't think, remember, I don't think you ever shared this with me I at truly, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I truly think, though, your spouse is your biggest outlet. Yeah. Because we were going through the same things. Like, you were probably feeling, you know, a lot of the same things I, you know, obviously not the, the depression side of stuff, things. yeah. But you were feeling the effects of financial burden and trying to take care of a kid at a young age and trying to go through school and work and, and all these things. So it's just so much at once that I truly like at times would just like sit there and cry and just be like, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know if I'm going to make it through tomorrow. Like, and then it was like magic. You'd come home at like just the perfect time. Like right (laughs) before I was really just about to lose my mind and I'd be like, Here's your baby. (laughs) Here you go. Take this baby. And then I would run off to work. So there wasn't a lot of kind of time in between to really acknowledge what I was going through and really. You're a lot more knowledgeable. I mean, and you do, you know, you went for psychology and things like that, but I think it's a totally different perspective when you're yeah. going through something like that. But I also and I think, think I, I realized the signs. Like I, I yeah, could see you, it a lot right. sooner than I think somebody that that maybe didn't have that Got kind that of background. Yeah. So I did see those signs and that's when I would try to put myself in a social situation. And a lot of times, and I am deep down a little homebody, I could now stay mm-hmm. at home all the time. But <laughs> right I, now. you know, but I... But in that moment, I was like, I need to make that effort to reach out to people because it's not everyone's responsibility to reach out to me. It's not, yeah. Uh, And I can't fault anybody for that. 100%, yeah. So I was making that effort to like call my friends. Me and Ella would like to come out today. Yes, we Um, we need to get out of the house. um, So that did help and it would get me through, especially like those really like dark days. I see it. I see what's happening. I feel that like I kind of feel like almost like I was trapped in the situation where I just felt alone and we would have hard days. And then I would reach out to a friend and they'd be like, yes, let's do lunch. They would be super excited to see us. And everyone loved Ella. Everyone loved seeing her and hanging out with her and and just seeing other people interact with her yeah. was just like just what I needed to kind of bring me out of that hole and just be like, For sure. I'm going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I think the biggest thing when it comes to any form of depression is acknowledging that it's there and then doing the little things that you have control of to kind of help not to pull you out all the way, but to, right. to brighten your day, to remind you that you're not alone, to remind you that you do have friends 
people that care about you. Because when you start to feel like nobody cares, that's when you start to feel like you're unworthy, that your life isn't meaningful. And, you know, and that's when people start to take their lives and things like that. And it happens with postpartum. I was actually talking to a friend the other day and she shared an article of somebody that she knew who had actually taken her life due to postpartum and her family was in the military. And a lot of times you see that. A lot of times you see that postpartum depression in military families because the dad is working so much and he's, or he's deployed and you're not seeing him on a regular basis at all. And so it does get hard. Sometimes you get moved to locations where you don't know anybody Yeah, and it's rough. So I think a lot of people, you know, deal with the postpartum and a lot of people don't get the help they need. And if they do, sometimes it's a little later on. So they're, they're dealing with this for so many years. Ella was about three Once I started getting into fitness, now there were other things obviously going on in my life, but once I got into that fitness side of things, I started to find myself again. Like I was, the joy was coming back and, and don't get me wrong. I don't want anyone to think that I wasn't joyful in those, those in between times. I definitely was. There was, there was. Uh, so much positive. So I don't yeah, want to take we from were, that. Yeah, we were enjoying life. We were we having were. fun. But there's, I think in every family situation, like, you know, if you go to somebody's Instagram feed and you see all these fun pictures and things like that, it's kind of like what people would see from the outside, right? Sure. So then you've got other stuff kind of going on yeah. in the background, which I think, yeah. That, yeah, and we all face stuff. So yeah. there's, you know, everyone has trauma that has happened to them, you know, throughout their lives. and. Yeah. You know, I mentioned this in a previous episode, though, is just check on those people. Check on those new moms. Check on the ones that have three-year-olds. Postpartum depression doesn't just stick with you in this in six-month window like some people assume. This is something that moms can take on with them, especially if you're having multiple kids, if they're back-to-back. Sometimes your hormones haven't even, like, reset, and a lot of that can trigger the postpartum depression. So When it gets wonky, too, like any sort of medicine that's incorporated at that time, so I sure. think that's with anything. You know, there, there's sometimes side effects and stuff, so a lot of stuff going on at that time yeah. when, when you have a baby and the, the after months of that, too. For sure. So I think it's just, you know, if you are someone that is struggling with that or have struggled – or if you're about to to have a baby and you're you're already scared about that happening again my best advice surround yourself with people you know you might not feel like you want to go out every day and that's fine but it is important to, i think to have those times where you do go out you do see people a lot of times like in the moment i didn't want to go out but i never regretted actually going to meet a friend for lunch like i never once felt like why did i do that every time yeah. i was like i needed that we needed a reset we needed good vibes and for it sure. definitely was better. And there was times where I was struggling back and forth, but you know, so many good things happened. We got married during that time. We ended up buying a house. Like there were yeah. so many good things going on. And I definitely started to build some stronger relationships. My friends that, you know, stuck around to be a part of Ella's life. We built stronger bonds and things like that. So many thing, good things happened during that time. So I don't feel like I, sure. I had it as bad as I know many women do. It's never a bad idea to get counseling. You know, have somebody yeah. that's on the outside that can help point out these things. You know, even if you don't feel like you have postpartum depression, just go and talk to somebody. Just make sure that you're feeling heard. Sometimes you, you think that you're just, you become like the nanny of the house and you feel like you you kind of lose your purpose, especially if you're not working. But I think a lot of times moms don't credit themselves enough because taking care of a kid is a full-time job. I joke around with Evan. I was like, if you just give me a salary for this. I was, like, yeah, we were talking about that the other day. I mean, it legit. save so much money because oh, I'm, I'm here to, you know, watch Clark. And we, what she's talking about there is just with you working from home, and, and I'm working from home as well, but, yeah. you know, right now Clark is just stuck to your legs. Yeah. So. You she know, does love me. <laughs> she, she does love you. She loves me, but like, especially but during the like day, like she is on <laughs> you. But, you know, if we were to pay somebody to do that sort of stuff, it's kind of like if anybody's ever seen that, I think it's a video or, uh, yeah, it was a video oh, and the guy's describing that. the job and he's like, yeah, so uh, it's going to require long hours, late nights. You don't really get paid. It's a, you know, yeah. volunteer position. And it just kind of rattles it down. You yeah. find out he's talking about being a mother. Yeah. Um, so a lot goes into that. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, we as mothers, we, we kind of get lost in the, in the like 
the schedule of like taking care of another human or several other humans that we don't, you know, I think our spouses realize it more than we realize it because we're just like so in the moment and like feeling like this is all we do in reality, you know, we don't have to do this, but then we're going to have to pay someone to do this. So I, I feel blessed enough to be able to work from home and take care of Clark. And it's been really nice for you to be home and see these, these little milestones and that you wouldn't get to otherwise. So it's, it's one of those things that I think we just get so kind of caught in that, like feeling like we're, we don't have a purpose Yeah. when part of our purpose is to have these babies. And like I said, Ella changed my life. She saved me truly. And, and I have no regrets of the whole process uh, from point A to, to now. I have no regrets on how we got here because again, it's humbling. It's made my perspective change yeah. and it prepared me for my second pregnancy. And I feel like, again, they were so different because of so many different factors. But if I didn't have the knowledge with my first and all those things that I went through, I didn't have postpartum depression with my second. So yeah. I feel like I was I was obviously better prepared. I had, you know, my support system was different. And again, when I say, I don't mean that I didn't have a support system with Ella. It was just very different because yeah. my friends were at a different point in their lives. And I don't fault anyone for that. Again, they shouldn't have to not go out because I can't go out or, you know, yeah. things like that. So I don't and it's want kind of like two, It's two-sided too. Cause you know, like we've talked about before, you didn't have an outlet or things like that. Cause I feel like sometimes in, in certain scenarios in your life, that can be kind of the counterweight while everything's crazy and stuff. You, you have something else that you can kind of do and an outlet For and all sure. that. But again, you're not saying your friends weren't always there, but it's, you kind of had a couple things going on, you yeah. know, people were in a different stage of your life. You didn't have an outlet, you know, you didn't really have that counterweight. Whereas, you know, Second yeah. go around. With Clark, I, I pretty much had the complete opposite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 100%. So, so it was, I mean, like I said, and we'll dive into my pregnancy and postpartum journey with Clark in our next episode. But for this episode, you know, I just want you to know night and day difference but that doesn't mean that your first and second has to be that way. Well, and hopefully that's encouraging for people to know because, you know, things are not stagnant in anyone's life. You know, I think one thing that could potentially be more depressing is you thinking that what you faced or let's say you you had a child and you faced postpartum depression, things are not stagnant in anybody's lives. You can change and, yeah. you know, and you can come out of that. Right. Like it's not, you know, it's it's a, a phase in life. It's yeah. not your life. And I think women do get scared who are in their first pregnancy. I have friends that have literally told me that they're really scared about the postpartum. Right. And I was like, that's a natural feeling. That's totally justifiable. But let's go ahead and do the things before you get to postpartum that are going to help set you up to hopefully not have that depression or set you up to deal with that depression. Because you can't promise yourself sure. you can do all the things. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to have the postpartum depression. But if you set yourself yeah. up to work through it, you can definitely get through it. I don't want people to think that it, it's a part of life. There's about 80% of women go yeah. through it, whether they talk about it or not. So it's one of those things. It, it is a part, but there's things you can do to set yourself up before the baby gets here and then while the baby is here. And, you know, this is an ongoing process. Again, it doesn't it doesn't always necessarily stay in a six-month time frame like a lot of people want you to think. So it might not start in the beginning, but if you have a big move or any other sort of trauma happen in your life, it can really onset the, the postpartum depression. So you could be six months out and then have the postpartum depression. So just start to look for those signs after you've had a baby. If you're just feeling extra sad and obviously if you ever feel like harming yourself or the baby, these are times where you want to seek help. Talk to your spouse. That is going to be your biggest advocate right there. Your family, your friends, keep keep them aware of what's going on and how Talk you're to feeling. Us. Reach out to us. Exactly. Yeah. You know, just let them know how you're feeling so someone can justify that and help you walk, you know, talk you through it, walk you through it. And and you can reach out to people that have already had children. Everyone knows I'm an open book. So slide in them DMs if you have to, because yeah. I, I am truly here for you. And I hope that anyone that's listening, that this has been helpful for you, that whether you've already been through postpartum depression, whether you are about to have a baby, whether you just had a baby and you feel like you're headed in that direction, I hope this helps you realize that 
it is a phase. It is a time period, but you're going to get through this. Well, the thing is, I think anybody can listen to this and hear your passion. You're fortunate that you can do something to where you're helping people and, you know, earning a living. And you're just, I mean, in my opinion, changing lives because we've heard the feedback from people and it's just, yeah, you're in an awesome space. And for sure. But I think, and I think the biggest thing for me is like seeing the difference between my two pregnancies is the whole reason, you know, I wanted to create a program that was going to be helpful in that space. Again, postpartum, if you realize, you know, I get really into that because it's such a big hurdle to tackle. There's so many things about postpartum. It's not just a fitness thing. It's not about, you know, your, your first goal isn't to jump back into workouts. Your first goal should be to check in on yourself, make sure you're okay. Make sure you and baby are healing fine. If you've gone through anything kind of go, because a lot of people, you know, I was fortunate enough that my, neither one of my pregnancies, I had any complications as far as, you know, delivery and things like that. So many people don't have that. And, and a lot of times that's what stems the depression. You know, if you had to leave your baby in the NICU, that is a terrible feeling. It like breaks my heart when somebody tells me they have to leave their baby. Cause I, I I could not imagine the whole reason why I really wanted to dive into this space was because I saw the, the complete difference in my two pregnancies and how I was able to deal with everything. You know, I took basically what's in my program is exactly what I did, and then I put it into a program. I wanted to make sure that what I was teaching others actually was fruitful, that it, that it, helped, through, yeah. that it helped through these, this hard time. Because it is such a, even when, and again, with Clark, you know, our time, like everything was so different, but it's still a lot. Anytime you have a baby, it's a lot. Like a lot of things mm. are going on. Again, hormones are everywhere, emotions are everywhere, and no matter where you're at in life, there are going to be parts that are scary and uncertain. Again, I've given you guys lots of advice. Can't say it enough. Build that circle, find those friends, and just know that you're not alone and that you're going to work through this. Reach out if you need to. If you want to get more information on my pregnancy program, that'll be in the notes. You can also, if you're not ready or unsure if you're ready to dive in, I do have a free pregnancy program. So that kind of just guides you through what it's going to look like if you join the program. And so you can snag that in the link below as well. Well, Faith, good podcast. I think that's a wrap. All right. We'll call it a night. All right, pretty people. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. It means the world to me. I would like to thank each and every one of you, as well as my editor and producer, who also happens to be my husband, Evan, for making this podcast possible. If you're ready to kickstart your own fitness journey, be sure to head over to www.redefinebeautifulpodcast.com to sign up for one of my free programs. Until next time, stay beautiful.